0: Welcome back to Make U All Daily, presented by Bet MGM. Eddie Ross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. Coming up in our next segment, we will have Brad Spielberger from PFF with his usual weekly appearance to talk about Week 14 of the NFL. And when it comes to this week's slate of games, Joe at least a few of them will be impacted by the weather. You've mentioned before this week about uh, the Lions and the Bears and how there could be some rain and some wind. Uh, Jaguars-Browns could very well be impacted uh, by the rain. Colts-Bengals, another one. Texans-Jets may be another one. As far as all of these weather games, what do you think are some big takeaways that we need to be keeping in mind as far as key line movements and things like that?
1: Well, five totals have already moved at least five points. Mm -hmm. five um so i mean people aren't waiting around and seeing okay if the longer you wait you can get a little bit uh more of an accurate reading like no people are betting this uh well they already did they already did Mm -hmm. i'm kind of like did we miss it? it can it continue to drop more after you look like detroit chicago for instance you bring that one up it was 46 and a half now it's 40 So how much lower is that going to end up going? Or will that just continue? When you couple the weather with the uh, quarterback situation, a pair of backups um, from when it was very uh, first posted, that's going down 10 points. (laughs) This is crazy. It's crazy. Uh, But, yeah, no, it's it's a lot of the same stuff we're always looking for, and that that key marker is 20-mile-per-hour winds. If it's 20 or higher, then you really got to watch out. The interesting part Mm -hmm. of those five that we're talking about, New England, Pittsburgh, Jacksonville, Cleveland, Detroit, Chicago, Houston, the Jets, Rams, Ravens, a couple of them have backup versus backup. And then the Jets, we don't know who the quarterback's going to end up being. So not only do we have some poor conditions where rain is expected, uh, make things slick, but we have the the high winds, and we have terrible (laughs) quarterback play, like guys that might, just barely be top 50 in the league at this. So uh, I, I think <laughs> that's all part of it. Just, you know, it's been the season of the under, and part of it is because of all the ba- the uh, quarterback injuries, backups playing more, and now we get backup quarterbacks in terrible conditions. So, um, yeah, I, I can't say that we've gone too far with any of this. It's just, it's going to get to a point where, okay, now do you have to go on the other side? And this year, are you willing to do that? That's tough.
2: I know. It's crazy that you're seeing like a total of 30 and a half, 32 and a half. It's just wild what's going on. But with bad weather and these backup quarterbacks, I don't know if I can bet over. I just don't think I I can.
0: And it's something where even if the weather were clement uh, for some of these games, like you could still make compelling arguments for the under, because it's the story that I think encapsulates 2023. These offenses stink. And they yeah. have stunk for a long time, and they will continue to for the rest of the season. And, and certainly it's something I've talked about a lot in terms of, okay, it's bad quarterback play, bad offensive line play. Even the running games uh, have been lackluster. So every single level that you can point to explains why these things are bad. And I think this is more of a you know word to the wise than anything else. And Joe, I'd love your opinion on this. But specifically Mm -hmm. when we're talking about the Jaguars-Browns game, first off, if there is an update on this, uh, Ian Rappaport tweeted out, Trevor Lawrence, high ankle sprain, isn't ruled out for Sunday, but he'll need to get a lot better very quickly to somehow play. I don't see him playing. I think we're all in agreement that we will be seeing C.J. Beathard out there. But I guess my question is this. We're seeing a high probability of precipitation for the game, uh, winds of 20 miles per hour. My buddy Kevin Roth is sort of forecasting that as of now. Every year, it seems like there's a bad weather game in Cleveland. And Mm -hmm. this is just what they do. It's one of the reasons why they emphasize the running game in the offseason because they know they will have at least one to two bad weather games at home where it will be their efficient running style, which is how they win those ball games. So when it comes to handicapping a game like this, I think we almost forget every single year that the Browns have to succumb to this because of where they're located. But in a situation like this, don't you like the Browns a little bit more, even though they're dogs, because at least you trust their rushing attack a little bit more than the Jaguars, especially if Jacksonville is going to Bethard.
1: Yeah, yeah, I understand what you're saying there. Um, but you're, for me, it comes down to bad quarterback, and I've got to lay a field goal. Like that's that's mm-hmm. the other part and i'm I'm expecting a better effort out of the Jacksonville side, but no i mean I want to see the injury report coming out of that Monday night game too, because let's not forget kirk they they came out yesterday and said christian Kirk's going to be out a while, so he's certainly not playing in this game he's probably going to miss at least a few games um so th- there's that angle too it's yeah, I mean, there's a big difference between the Cincinnati defense that Bethard saw in limited. Uh, limited time versus this Browns defense that he's going to see on the road where Cleveland plays great ball. So you're going to have to lean on the run game a little bit. And sure, yeah, you would say advantage Cleveland as far as that goes.
2: Well, I'm glad you said I keep, I'm keep. i expecting a better effort from the Jags because that's pretty much what I've been saying all, for a while now. And then it just doesn't yeah. happen. So I don't know who this Jags team is. Like They kind of stumbled out of the gate at the beginning of the season. Then they started playing well in London. And then for a while, I was like, okay, they turned a corner. Here we go. This is what the Jags did last year. And now they're regressing again. Like, I don't know if they're going to be able to flip that switch. Expect That's the problem I have with the Jags right now.
1: But, you know, at worst, what can Cleveland do? What's the ceiling for that offense, too? Like, that's the other part of it. They don't have a Jamar Chase. They don't have Higgins as an option. I mean, the Bengals had two good running backs. Uh, they haven't all year, so that was more about about the Jaguars. But, yeah, it's it's – it's going to be interesting when Bethard is announced in, does that total get any lower tomorrow is the lowest as of right now, total of 30 between new England, Pittsburgh and Jacksonville, Cleveland's 30 and a half. So it's right there. That's the lowest total we've seen in 30 years tomorrow. Mm-hmm. If this is what it closes and Jacksonville, Cleveland might be lower. Once you get a little bit more clarity on the weather and some other people that are going to be missing this game. Maybe Jacksonville Cleveland sets all sorts of records after records are set tomorrow night. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. That Christ. can happen. And, yeah. and I think we're more comfortable with that because of the state of the league right now. It's not necessarily. Right. Okay. We're looking at weather and back and forth, but all that, you know, all the usual factors. I wonder if in previous years, it was more of the principle of the thing. It can't be this bad. No, it can be. And markets, you know, for the most part, they're getting sharper and sharper, right? Like if you're going after CLV, shouldn't you be taking the under in the here and now knowing full well that if Beathard is out there, then some people are going to react uh, in a kind of procrastinated fashion.
1: Let's look at at the flip side because we're talking about the unders for good reason. These totals are dropping like a rock, whether it looks like it's going to be a, a major factor. There's a total that's been going up and- It just doesn't fit with this season. Does anybody have a problem with Philly Dallas being 53? I mean, this was kind of the norm. You would see this every few weeks just a couple of years ago. But this year, maybe it's happened like once or twice where one's above 50. This was in the upper 40s when it first popped, right? I don't remember if that was like an early look or whatever. But it was posted at 48 and a half, and now we're sitting 53. Is that just too much of an overreaction to what we saw at Dallas?
2: I think so. It feels like a trap to me. I think in a way fans are wanting points, and they think this could yeah. be the matchup. Maybe this is a situation a bit of a trap. We have a division game. These two teams know each other very, very well. Cowboys have a very good defense. So do the Eagles. I think it's the total's too high.
0: It is. Yeah, it's a good point. It's a division game. Division games tend to go under. They tend to be lower scoring because of that familiarity. I wonder if the one way that this does go over is that it's just a shootout, that you're going back and forth and the lead is going to change a lot. And this lives up to the billing as being a super exciting ball game. There is a path for that. I suppose there's Mm -hmm. also a path for the Cowboys to go nuts. Like, it's possible they hang 45, 48 in a game like this because we do know this Ingalls secondary is susceptible to allowing big plays. And I wonder if the Cowboys rank in the top three as far as the ability to capitalize off of explosives.
2: I also think this is, like, for the division, too. There's a lot on the line here. I don't know if the Eagles are going to (laughs) allow the Cowboys to just – you know, score run up the scoreboard here. I think you're going to get a much bigger effort, and the Eagles are going to be like, "No, we're still the top dog in the division." And I don't, I want a shootout from a fan perspective. I'm just not sure if we're going to get one.
0: Yeah, Aaron, do you yeah, think I mean, that too- like the Eagles will kind of? play back a little bit and sort of, you know, allow the Cowboys to run a little bit more? And can they do that? Like with, you Mm -hmm. know, Tony Pollard hasn't exactly had the best of seasons. Prescott, you know, he is a very mobile quarterback still and is doing good things outside the pocket. One of those added dimensions to this offense. But do you feel like then the Eagles game plan will be, all right, do whatever you want in the short field. We're going to limit those big plays to CeeDee Lamb.
2: That's a great point. If that is the game plan, then I might be interested in the CD lamb props and looking at a under, if that's what they're going to focus on, or are they going to allow him to be open and focus on everything else? It'll be interesting.
1: 30 to 27 is just barely getting home on the over. (laughs) I mean, there's just, Mm -hmm. there's so many more ways for the under, even with these offenses. And, uh, you know, yesterday, As far as the points, points spreads are not moving as much this week, which I find really interesting. Uh, But one that did move that I just can't get behind. There's Jets money yesterday. Why? (laughs) Went from six and a half (laughs) to five and a half. Texans are your favorite. How how do you go? How do you back the Jets at this point? Especially since we don't know and and maybe – they have an idea of who the quarterback's going to be. Okay, fine. Let's say it's Zach Wilson. Is that the best option? I have no idea. Whatever. I guess it probably is, but I'm not backing the Jets getting less than a touchdown against Stroud and company.
2: Do people just think? But does Tets it have anything to do with the be this though? big of favorites yet? And it's more of that. I, I don't know. I don't you're saying the Texans
1: text. should not be favored by this much on the road, kind of. Yeah,
2: a deal? maybe the people. I, I certainly don't. How dare you speak about my Texans that way? But perhaps that's what's going on. Like, should Texans yeah. be this big of favorites? Like, maybe we should pump the brakes here.
1: Just lost Tank Dell. Oh, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. I guess uh, it's it's a good pass defense going up against Stroud, and that's how you're going to score. But yeah, I'm still, I'm still not. No. <laughs> you can. I, th- there are other spots. Almost every team is playing this week. So I would just rather go elsewhere.
0: It, that almost feels like a 17-13 ball game. Houston wins it, but they do it right. in ugly fashion. And sure. 17-13, you go, okay, yeah, the score wasn't indicative of just how dominant you know the Texans were, but still they don't cover the number. And in that respect, I get why it's moved. But I also completely agree that there's very little as far as this Jets offense. I mean, serious question here. How does Robert Sala keep his job? Like, if this is such a quarterback soap opera right now, doesn't he have to shoulder some of that blame? This isn't just about Zach Wilson. This is about a series of quarterbacks who have played really poorly in Jets uniforms over the last couple years.
1: Yeah. No why? Where's it why why should why should I just say okay, you lost your QB1 first series of the season all is forgiven. I don't like the way he's handled this one bit. I, and this has mm-hmm. been going on for for months now. So, it, I don't have any faith that he's the guy if if I'm Jets ownership. Isn't it's been isn't his this decision. Also a
2: GM issue?
1: Yeah. Well, right, insane. I know. Well, but then Okay. At one point, it seemed like the ownership was forcing Zach Wilson, and then because it was so bad, no longer forcing Zach Wilson. So I, I don't know. It just so you're, how, you're kind of stuck, right? Because Rogers is coming back, which means Hackett is coming back. Because you're letting him pull all the strings, which means why fire your head right. coach? Like you're just you're playing out the string this year, and then you're running it back next year. And like to be fair to Salah, he's a defensive guy, and the defense is pretty mm-hmm. good still. And they have not given up on them. Well, the defense better be good with the amount of talent that they've compiled on that side of the ball. It has to be. They have to have something. Um, they've poured so many of their assets to that side of the ball as well before Rodgers. Uh, yeah, I know he's a defensive guy, and people get painted as that. You become the CEO, though, you've got to adapt. You're the you're in charge of everything. I, I don't like it when people point to oh, well, you're the defensive guy, you're the de- offense No, you're the head coach. Like you, yes, you control everything. But like but he's answering the chairman of the board. Like that that's part right. of this. And and the other part of it is like he's got a very powerful shareholder in Aaron Rodgers who is dictating who's on the offensive staff. I guess it just doesn't make sense to that's me to fire him like yeah. when you're running it all back next Dang. year anyway. You you've made that decision, you've You've made that bed. Yep. Yeah, once you brought in Rodgers, you brought in all these old receivers. You brought in the offensive coordinator. So what do you do? You bring a new head coach. New head coach is going to want a different OC. Like, yeah, you're right. Just, I guess you got to run it out
0: once you uh, signed Rodgers. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, Brad Spielberger on how he's betting the big games of the week, including Bills, Chiefs, Eagles, Cowboys, and so much more right here on the BetQL Network.